the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Welcome to Let Us Reason, a Christian-Muslim dialogue with host Al Fadi. Let Us Reason is a unique show utilizing theology, apologetics, and evangelism to reach Muslims for Christ by comparing and contrasting Christian and Muslim doctrines. And now, your host, Al Fadi. Hello, everyone. This is Al Fadi, and I want to welcome you to another live stream with our dear brother, David Wood. Uh, yesterday's uh, live streams were amazing. One with Mel talking about the uh, search for the historical Muhammad. And we did two parts uh, because of my radio show, Also Let Us Reason. And then later on, we did another one with David Wood, another two parts for uh, the radio. And uh, we took a lot of questions. But uh, today's live stream is going to be only one part for the radio. And we'll stay with you for a little bit after that. But uh, the topic is intriguing. Uh, We're comparing Paul to Muhammad. Yes, you heard me correctly. The Apostle Paul to Muhammad. And that should really get the attention of many Muslims, David. So we've done a number of videos today, Mm -hmm. even about the topic. So why don't you give people an overview of what we have covered so far? Yeah, well, this is actually a, a fun topic because Muslims really love to blast the Apostle Paul. And there's a reason that they have to blast the Apostle Paul. They're looking for someone to blame for Muhammad getting everything wrong. right? So, right. in other words, Muhammad comes along and he says that he's in the same line as the biblical prophets. And yet he's completely out of line with the message of the Bible. Right. So Old Testament or New Testament, just as, as an example, Old Testament or New Testament, they view God as their heavenly father. The Quran completely condemns that and mocks Jews and Christians for having that view of God, even though that's Old Testament and New Testament. If we're talking about Christianity, it's regarded by historians as one of the most certain facts of history that Jesus died by crucifixion. Islam denies it. And so If we're taking Muhammad as a prophet, the obvious question that arises is if Muhammad is claiming to be in line with all these other people, why does all the evidence tell us that he's completely out of whack with all these people? And so Muslims need to blame somebody for why Muhammad seems to be getting so many things wrong. And so who are you going to blame? Well, you might have Muslims today who say something about the Council of Nicaea. Ladies and gentlemen, As a general rule, when someone starts telling you about the Council of Nicaea, they're making stuff up. Absolutely. Right? I mean, you you could have people who actually studied the Council of Nicaea. We know everything that happened at the Council of Nicaea. We know everything that happened. Um, If you hear this is when the books of the Bible were selected, this is when the doctrine of the Trinity was invented. If If you hear any of that, you're talking to someone who has absolutely no clue what he's talking about. So... Um, good, a good habit to get in, a good habit to get in. As soon as someone goes, well, you know, at the Council of Nicaea, just stop. What? Tell me everything you know about the issues that were discussed at the Council of Nicaea. 
because it's generally someone who's just taking, hey, here's whatever idea I, I believe. Now let me say that was chosen at the Council of Nicaea or something like that, right? That, that is true. That is true. And by the way, this is also our uh, Let Us Reason uh, podcast. So I want to welcome those of you who are listening to us on radio when this becomes available to you. You know, um, uh, Paul is always attacked, uh, mm. David, always blamed for almost everything. Yet the most puzzling thing out of all of that is that the God of Islam is silent on Paul. The prophet of Islam is silent on Paul. In fact, the Quran actually endorses the teaching of Paul. You'll find this, for instance, in chapter 3, verse 55, in chapter 61, verse 14. And I'm going to share something else also about chapter 36, verses 13 and 14 in a little bit. But why do you think that's the case? Um, I mean, it, 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 is, it is confusing. The, the only case you can make, actually going directly from the Quran, that would tell you anything about um, the Apostle Paul would be affirming him because Allah declares in Surah 3, verse 55, that he's going to protect the true followers of Jesus until the day of resurrection. But every Muslim tells me that Paul came in and completely corrupted it and overpowered them, and now that's all that Christianity is. Well, Allah said he's going to protect them. So what happened? What happened? And not just protect them for, for two years until the apostle Paul comes along. He's going to protect them until the day of resurrection. So Allah must have failed massively. Um, you have Surah 61, verse 14, where Allah says, looking back, says that he did protect the true followers of Jesus until they became uppermost over the people who opposed Jesus. You can look at even Muslim commentaries that will say that this refers to Christianity taking over the Roman Empire. But we know what we know the sort of Christianity that was taught in the, in the Roman Empire. Right? So you basically have the, these are the options. According to the Quran and the Muslims, and, and, and we know that earlier, the earlier you go in the history of Islam, the more they respect the Apostle Paul. They respect because, the Apostle Paul, the Bible, and everything else. Yep. Because they're, they're basing their view of who the apostles were and what the Bible is on the teachings of Allah and Muhammad, who do nothing but praise and honor the apostles of Jesus and um, the history of the early Christians and their scriptures. And so they're saying, look, the, the Bible is the inspired, preserved, authoritative word of God. If Christians are, are off somehow, they're just misinterpreting it. That's, that's the claim they derive from the Quran. Christians must be misinterpreting and misapplying and misrepresenting their scriptures, but their scriptures are good as gold. They also affirmed the early Christians who were protected by Allah himself. And so when they hear about the Apostle Paul, an early Christian who spread Christianity, they have to think this is a reliable guide. It's when you get down to our time and this, these problems have risen to the surface. Now they know the Bible doesn't line up with Islam. Now they know the teachings of the apostles don't line up with Islam. And so, as I mentioned, you'll have people who say, oh, you know, this was later chosen at the Council of Nicaea or something like that. Any educated Muslim understands that's total nonsense. We can trace all of the core doctrines of Christianity right back to the first century. So if you want to blame someone for Muhammad being at complete odds with everyone he seems to, says agrees with him, if you want to blame someone, you need someone in the first century to explain how they corrupted it during the first century. Exactly. But you can't blame Jesus because he's a prophet of Islam, supposedly, and you can't blame his original followers 
because they're devout Muslims, according to the Quran. The Quran says that Jesus' followers were devout Muslims. So you need someone who wasn't Jesus and wasn't one of his original apostles, but was still early enough to corrupt all of Christianity for, for all of future generations. Who could you even point to in that regard? And the only name Muslims have been able to come up with is the Apostle Paul. And so the abuse they heap on him isn't, hey, we've examined the life of Paul and we've concluded that he's a deceiver. It's he has to be a deceiver or Islam is false. He has to be a deceiver because we need to blame someone. The only alternative is that Muhammad had no clue what he's talking about. Muhammad was a deceiver. But we can't believe that because we can't reject Islam. So we need to blame someone. So they pin everything on the Apostle Paul. And what what we've been talking about in this this, uh, video series we just recorded earlier is that in every possible way we can compare... Paul and Muhammad, Paul turns out to be vastly more reliable than Muhammad. If we're talking about intelligence or scholarly ability or historical ability or uh, spiritual advantages, morality, however we compare these guys, Paul wins massively. And yet Muslims will tell us, to blame Paul for everything Muhammad got wrong. It's, 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 it's kind of silly. Absolutely, and we're going to get to that. And by the way, folks, this is live. This is live in, from our studios, and it's also part of our um, uh, radio uh, program, uh, Let Us Reason, as well. So uh, this is not pre-recorded, uh, and uh, David is not a hologram. He's a, he's a real person sitting right next to me. And um, we, we did a video series. We called it Why Paul is Greater Than Muhammad. Yep. And you went through five different, uh, at least, criterias. Obviously, there's more than that. But, uh, but why don't we go through them one by one? Just give one example of each. Just one example because we want to you know, take advantage of the remaining time here. Yeah, so um, the, the first thing we looked at, the first thing we looked at was that Paul is smarter than Muhammad. And we had to be careful in explaining that because just because someone's smarter than someone else doesn't mean they're right. You could be the world's greatest physicist and be wrong about all kinds of things. Um, But Paul is smarter than Muhammad in ways that would affect the credibility of what they're saying. So Paul knows the Old Testament, whereas Muhammad doesn't. And yet they're both talking about it, but one of them has no clue what he's talking about. Paul speaks the relevant languages. Muhammad doesn't. Um, so if they're both talking about what happened in first century Israel, well, one of them knows what he's talking about, especially because he was there, the other doesn't. Uh, most, uh, if, if I had to focus on one point that we brought out, it, w- it would be that, that Paul actually was smart enough to test his revelations. That's still a problem today. There are people in the world today who believe they're receiving revelations from God, and yet the revelations are contradicting everyone else's revelations. So Common sense would seem to indicate just because you think you're getting revelations doesn't mean that you are. They could be coming from your own mind, in theory, or they could be coming from demonic sources. You need, to, you need some way of verifying that your revelations are actually from God. And what we find is we find Paul doing this. We find Paul, after he'd been receiving revelations, after he'd been speaking, he says that he went up to Jerusalem to meet with the apostles to see if his revelations lined up with theirs. And he basically submitted his, his revelations to them. And he says, it was to see if I'd been running in vain. So Paul says, hey, I was willing to go up and say, this is what my revelations taught me about Jesus. Does this line up with you guys who knew Jesus, knew about him and from him? Does this line up? And exactly. if not, if not, I'm going to conclude that my revelations were not from God. 
Exactly. And, and what they did was they gave him what he called the right hand of fellowship. They said, nope, everything you're saying is as good as gold. So that's the situation Paul and, was and in. And Peter called him our beloved mm-hmm. uh, our brother, brother Paul, yeah. you know, in 2 Peter 3, 14, 16. Yeah, so, so Paul gets the stamp of approval of the original followers, and, because, and he went up and tested his revelations. Muhammad could have tested his revelations in theory, and he's actually told that this is the, the only way that he can verify whether his revelations are from God. Surah 10, verse 94 of the Quran, Allah says to Muhammad, if you are in doubt as to what we have revealed to you, ask those who read the book before you. So this is telling Muhammad, Muhammad, if you want to verify your revelations, go to the people of the book. Notice that only makes sense if we still have revelations from God, but it's saying the only way you can verify your, your revelations is by going to earlier people. So, so Muhammad had an opportunity to verify his revelations. If he had done that, he would have gone to Jews and Christians and said, hey, here's what I'm reading about Jesus. He wasn't, he wasn't crucified. He didn't rise from the dead. He's not Lord. He's not the son of God. All this. He would have said that to Christians and Christians would have laughed him out. <laughs> they would have laughed him out of Arabia if he had, if he had said that. And so Muhammad could have tested his revelations. He didn't. Paul could test his revelations, and he didn't. So that's what we're talking about. We're talking about smarter in the sense of wiser, right? Yeah, actually, you know, the Jews uh, and the Christian, for that matter, challenged Muhammad many times. Mm-hmm. And that's why he would get irritated uh, when that would happen, and yep. he began to assault them and attack them, simply because they were pointed out the obvious. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Right. So uh, we talked also about uh, the fact that uh, Paul, um, uh, uh, you know, when it comes to uh, their morality, mm-hmm. Paul and Muhammad, uh, why don't we just give our uh, audience just a quick thing. By the way, somebody's asking what is SIRA stands for. It stands for the Center for Islamic Research and Awareness. And uh, the acronym SIRA, by the way, is an Islamic acronym intentionally because it also jives with the SIRA, which is the life of the Prophet. So technically speaking, you want to know about Islam, you want to know about the life of Muhammad. He is the God of Islam and the founder of that religion. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, so on the issue of morality... I mean, it's, it's an interesting issue because at first you could, you, you could say, well, both Paul and Muhammad did really horrible things in their life. Paul calls himself the, the, the chief of sinners or the worst of sinners. And so you could look and say, well, the apostle Paul persecuted the Christian church. That's really bad. I mean, he was going around um, to, to have people executed um, for believing in Jesus. So that's pretty terrible. Now, if you look up, but here's the thing. Apart from that, Paul was a pretty upstanding individual. I mean, he was saying that, that he, was, he was blameless according to the law. Not meaning he was perfect or sinless, meaning that no one could actually stand up and, and point at Paul and accuse him of something. So Paul was blameless in that sense. But we, we know, and he would later realize, hey, wait a minute, his zeal, his zeal actually led him to go around um, having, you know, having people sent to prison or to, to try and kill them. Um, so we look at Paul and say that's really bad. You look at Muhammad, though, and you've got not only was he violent, not only was he calling for the violent subjugation of the world, not only is he responsible for the deaths, not just of people during his life, but all the people who've been slaughtered because of his teachings down through the ages. You also have the fact that he had sex with a prepubescent nine-year-old girl and set that example for his followers so that it's right. still a problem in the world today. Took the wife of his own adopted son. Uh, had sex with his slave girls, allowed Even his followers. Even though hmm? uh, the slaves were married, he approved of the fact that once they're slave, uh, uh, you know, yeah. what is your right hand possessed, they become your property. Yeah, you can capture yeah. this. is Surah 4, yeah. verse 24 of the Quran, confirmed by the Hadith, right. that uh, you could, if, even if you capture a 
husband and wife, you can then go take the wife uh, as your as your sex slave, even though she's married. Um, he allowed his followers to hire prostitutes, to beat their wives into submission. He tortured right. a man for money. So he did all, you can make a list of like the worst things people can do. Muhammad did most of them. Muhammad did most of the most horrible things you can do. But uh, the, the real difference between Paul and Muhammad here, because we, we agree that they both did horrible things. When Paul's confronted, Paul repents, declares himself the worst of sinners, and then spends the rest of his life dedicated to promoting love. Right. right. This is Paul. This is guys, Muslims out there, read 1 Corinthians chapter 13, called the love chapter, because where Paul talks about love. And you compare this with Muhammad, all Muhammad ever does is justify his, I mean, there are some, there are some minor exceptions, but in general, whenever Muhammad wants to do something that we would regard as horrible, he says he got a revelation. So he says he got a revelation that Allah was giving him his best friend's child bride. He got a revelation saying that even though the Quran limits men to four wives, that he would get more. He got a revelation saying that he had to take the wife of his own adopted son. He got a revelation saying he could break his oath that he would stop having sex with a slave girl. So he swore, hey, I'm going to stop having sex with the slave girls because he got in trouble with his, with his wife, with his wives, because he was having sex with a slave girl in the bed of his wife. Hafsa. he got in trouble for that. He swore, I'll never do it again. I'll never do anything like that again. Then Allah tells him to break his oath to his wives. Uh, you can go down the list. Muhammad just keeps receiving revelations saying, no, you want that, Muhammad? You can do that. 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 Always justifying what he's doing. That's nothing like the, that's nothing like the Apostle Paul. Yeah. Let me, let me uh, address a, a quick comment by you. No, no, if you can scroll up a little bit, Yushi, Yushi, you're saying, um, uh, I want to I read his comment. Yeah, there, there is another one that he wrote down uh, above this. He's saying, you know, how bashing another belief promotes your own when Christianity is about wisdom, love, and justice and equality. Yushi, this is the dumbest comment I have ever heard. Pretty stupid. Beijing. I mean, it's absolutely, this is the reason why, Yushi, Muslims will never come to Christ. You know why? Because of soft, touchy people like you, Yushi, who do not want to actually expose lies. Jesus came to confront the Pharisees, the religious authorities, for the sake of those who are watching, so that they can come to him and believe. We are exposing the leader of Islam, Muhammad, the founder of this fake religion, for the sake of other Muslims to come to Christ. I'm going to show you an example, Yushi, right now. There is one by the name of Deceived by Allah. We want to thank him, of course, for the super chat. Deceived by Allah says he is an ex-Muslim now because he's been researching and left Islam. So, Deceived by Allah... I invite you to accept Christ because leaving Islam is not the solution, by the way, deceived by Allah. That doesn't get you anywhere. It's following Jesus who says, I am the way, the truth, and the life, which somebody already wrote that for you, what gets you to heaven and gives you eternal life. So I invite you to interact with me and Sam Shimon and David, not just right now, but also throughout you know, our ministry right now, hopefully this week and the weeks to come. Why can't you accept Jesus as Lord and Savior? Did you not research Christ? Did you not research the gospel? It seemed like you're an intelligent person, and I appreciate that, and I want you to actually ask us any questions. We're here to help uh, help you right now or later because we care for your soul. Don't worry about what Yushi says. Yushi doesn't care for your soul because Yushi doesn't want to hurt your feelings. You know what? The gospel is offensive. That's why we want to share the truth. Go ahead, brother. Oh, nothing really to add, but uh, uh, Yoshi there was also saying, hey, I'm a believer, but Isaiah 42 
is about Israel, not about Jesus. And I suggest, Yoshi, if you're a believer, you read the Gospels. Uh, now, to, to be clear, some, some prophecies have a kind of double fulfillment, but Jesus, Jesus is regarded as the true Israel, right? And so you, 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 we, we, could, we could certainly do entire programs on that, but um, uh, the New Testament, the Gospels claim that Isaiah 42 is about Jesus. So if you're saying you're a believer and you're rejecting the Gospels, um, you, might, you might have some things to take a look at there. Amen. Amen. And uh, thank you, of course, everyone for watching and joining us uh, through this podcast as well. Let us reason. You know, brother, this is the kind of stuff you deal with. Um, You know, technically speaking, uh, you know, uh, you have two sides of the equation. You have Christians who want nothing to do with Muslims Mm -hmm. and you want Christians who want to just bash uh, uh, Muslims all the time. And yet what we're seeking for here is inviting Muslims to Christ. It's mm-hmm. not about just bashing Islam yeah. and leaving him hanging. And, and once they leave Islam, mm-hmm. we celebrate. So what? They left Islam. That doesn't mean anything. Mm-hmm. We want them to come to the truth. Yeah. And I mean, Yoshi still, I just don't want to attack another religion. It, we can't emphasize how, how massively dangerous that is and how, how, what exactly. an obstacle is, right? Exactly. If you're a Muslim, if you're, you, and you can verify this, what are you told as a Muslim? You're told uh, there are scientific miracles in the Quran and Muhammad is the greatest man who ever lived and the Quran is the greatest book whoever, that, that was ever written and there are so many miracles that confirm Islam and Islam is confirmed by this miraculous growth and all these scientific miracles and so on and the perfect preservation of the Quran. This is all lies. It's all lies. And so we look at Muslims and we say, you know what, people, your leaders are lying to you left and right. We don't want you to have to make decisions based on complete lies. So we're going to expose the lies so that you are in a position to come to the truth, that you can actually make an informed decision. And Yoshi's sitting there, how dare you show them that those are lies? Leave them in that state of deception. That's how a good, loving Christian would act. As a good, loving Christian, you would leave them in a state of deception and never try to bring them out of it, never show people. And so, according to Yoshi, Christians are to be people who cower before lies, leave people in a state of ignorance and deception, don't expose the lies, and leave people on a path that, that will, they will never, they'll never get to Jesus. And I'll just say, I know a ton— in, uh, Yoshi, you could go through the videos on my channel about Muslims who are leaving Islam. Back when I was actually checking, I mean, I was posting 20, 30, 20 or 30 examples per month of people leaving Islam after watching my videos. The vast majority of Christians that I know who are ex-Muslims only became ex-Muslims and only considered the gospel after their beliefs about Islam were wrecked before them. That's just a fact. So what you're, what you're telling me is, you know, going from Nabil Qureshi all the way down to probably 95% of the ex-Muslims I know, people who only took the gospel seriously because they realized that Islam was false, because someone showed them that Islam is false. What you're telling us is it would have been more loving of us as Christians to just leave them in a state of ignorance, never, never criticize their beliefs, in which case they never take the gospel seriously because they have no reason to take the gospel seriously when Islam has been propped up by all these lies that you say should never be torn down. So do yourself a favor. I don't know if you're serious or not. I mean, you could be a, you could be a troll, um, but I, I just know for a fact there are Christians who are this deluded who don't realize that leaving people in a state of deception, empowering deceivers to deceive millions of people unopposed with no challenges— 
is is the, one of the least Christian things you could you could ever do that approach. Um, so there are people who actually believe that that is a good Christian would never refute lies, um, but you, that's it's just silly nonsense. And, and it's best if you believe that, great. Then believe that to yourself. But you come out here and start telling other people, hey, all of you who are actually reaching Muslims with the gospel and seeing Muslims come to Christ, you all stop doing it. What you need to do is run around like me condemning Christians for reaching Muslims with the gospel. It's absolutely ridiculous. Um, I kind of hope you're a troll and, and that you're not you're not deluded enough into actually believing this. Yeah, I doubt it, but uh, let's hope that that's the case. And, and the Apostle Paul, speaking of Paul, is what he says, you have become so desirous to us that we've decided to share not only the gospel of God, but also our lives. So sharing the gospel and also living the gospel is extremely important. And he closed by saying, because we have... Uh, loved you so much, basically, I am giving you a summary of the verse that is found basically in in first uh, Thessalonians chapter two verse eight, and that 's what it 's all about sharing the truth and bringing people to salvation to tell me that I love my Muslim friend that doesn 't mean anything. you love your Muslim friend all the way to hell that 's what you 're doing. You need to love your Muslim friend to eternal life, leading them to Christ for salvation. Well, this uh, brings us to the conclusion of the radio side of things. Let us reason. So those of you who are with us right now live, uh, please don't go anywhere. We'll be with you in just a few seconds. Again, thank you so much for listening to our podcast, Let Us Reason. Uh, hope you've enjoyed this particular topic. This is Al-Fadi. Thank you and God bless.